Gregorian chant, the soul of sacred music. In the body of the music you'll hear on our program, Sacred Soundings, music to deepen your faith beyond measure. I'm Al Romano, your host for Sacred Soundings, on listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AMA 20, and streaming live on stgabrielradio.com. Have you witnessed any miracles lately? I don't mean the ordinary things that people call miracles, like the miracle of the latest digital doodad from Apple, or the miracle of surviving a nasty crash, or the miracle of a big upset in the closing seconds of a game. I mean true miracles, like those performed by Christ and witnessed by his disciples, and extensively documented miracles, like those we'll cover in our program today.
The rod of Jesse has blossomed. Rejoice, Virgin Mother, O saving victim, and angels ever bright and fair. From the Ave Maria album of the Boys of St. Paul's Choir School. An article on Marian Miracles by Father Robert Fox was printed by the Catholic Education Resource Center. It covers the miracles of Our Lady of Lourdes, Our Lady of Fatima, and Our Lady of Guadalupe. As more Hispanics migrate to the United States, more indigenous Americans are learning about the miracle of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Here's an abridged version of the piece about her in Father Fox's article. In 1531, Mexico was largely a nation of pagans. An early convert to Catholicism, 57-year-old Juan Diego, was on his way to morning mass on the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. As he reached the hill at Tepeyac, in the outskirts of what is now Mexico City, the Blessed Mother appeared to him. She asked him to go to his bishop and request that a shrine be built in her name at Tepeyac, and she promised to pour out her grace upon those who invoked her. When Juan Diego told his bishop, Juan de Zumaraga, about the apparition, the bishop, understandably, said he needed some sign to prove it was true. Juan Diego returned to Tepeyac. The Blessed Mother appeared to him again and told him to climb the hill and pick some of the flowers he would find there. Juan obeyed, and although it was the dead of winter, he found beautiful Castilian roses that normally grew in Spain, not Mexico. Our Lady told him to take the roses to the bishop as proof of her appearance. When Juan opened his cloak before Bishop Zumaraga, the roses fell to the floor. Knowing what we know now, it's amazing the bishop didn't fall to the floor, for he was doubly thunderstruck. First, because the out-of-place and out-of-season roses he saw were the flowers he had secretly prayed for as a sign of the proof of the Blessed Mother's apparition. But that was only the prelude to a more astounding miracle. When the flowers fell, they revealed around the interior of Juan's crudely woven cloak, a gorgeous or splendidly detailed image of the Virgin Mary, the very apparition that Juan had seen at Tepeyac. Juan's cloak, called a tilma, was made of cactus fiber, which should have turned to dust within 15 to 20 years under normal conditions. Actually, it should have disintegrated even sooner, as the miraculous image was in an open-air chapel where thousands of candles burned and countless curious peasants and pilgrims were permitted to touch it for the first hundred years. Yet now, nearly five centuries later, the image of the Mother of God remains as radiantly beautiful as ever. There's no backing to the material of the tilma, and naturally there are no paintbrush marks. As the experts explain, no image so detailed could possibly have been painted on the rough cactus fiber by an earthly artist.
listening to Sacred Soundings, a production of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AMA 20. We just heard the creed from the album Lean Into the Wind by the Carmelite Sisters of the Most Sacred Heart and Soul of Christ from the CD Gaudiamus by the Friars of the Dominican House of Studies in Washington. Among the many saints associated with various miracles, there's one saint you might find especially interesting not only because of the miraculous power he possessed, but also because of the namesake he gave to America, a namesake that fans of Apple computer products will know very well. The saint, St. Joseph of Cupertino. Cupertino, of course, is the name of the California town where Apple's world headquarters is located. St. Joseph was a conventual Franciscan friar, born in 1603 in the village of Cupertino, Italy. As a child, Joseph began to have ecstatic visions. He was thought to be a slow learner. He was absent-minded and frequently wandered about aimlessly with his mouth gaping open. As he aged, Joseph was drawn to religion and applied to the Franciscan friars, but was rejected because of his lack of education. He later applied to the Capuchin friars and was accepted as a lay brother, but eight months later was sent away because his ecstasies made him unfit for his duties. Joseph continued to pray, did frequent acts of penance, and grew in humility, holiness, and gentleness. Again he applied to the Franciscan friars, and this time was accepted and ordained a priest. Then the Holy Spirit began to work many miracles through him, and his life was marked by ecstasies and levitations. Often he would leave the ground and soar above the heads of astounded onlookers. He would sometimes levitate while saying Mass. Once, witnesses said, as Christmas carols were being sung, Joseph soared high above the altar and knelt in the air a long while in ecstatic prayer. He became so famous for his miracles of flight that he was finally kept hidden from the public. He was permitted to enter a conventual Franciscan community where he soon died. St. Joseph of Cupertino was canonized by Pope Clement XIII in 1767, and is the patron saint of air travelers, pilots, and the learning disabled.
If You Love Me by the Scola Cantorum of the Dominican House of Studies in the province of St. Joseph from their CD In the Midst of the Churches. Our catechism tells us that the miracles of Jesus were messianic signs of the presence of God. Christ makes a tremendously important statement about his miracles, or works as he calls them, at the Last Supper. As recorded in chapter 10 of John's Gospel, he tells the apostles, Amen, amen, I say to you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I do, and will do greater ones than these, because I am going to the Father, and whatever you ask me in my name, I will do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything of me in my name, I will do it. Scholars say that when Jesus told the apostles they would do greater things than he had done, which is a pretty overwhelming statement if you take it literally, he meant that they would spearhead the spreading of the gospel around the globe, which he had no intention of doing on his own. That's why he established his church. The far more important thing about Christ's words is that they were not addressed only to his apostles, but to each and every one of his present-day disciples. Think of it. Christ is telling you that if your heart and soul are centered in him, if you believe in his words and pray in his name, and if your intention is in accord with his Father's plan, your prayer will be answered with a miracle. And be prepared to see people, problems, and situations everywhere in need of miracles, because with your heart and soul centered in Christ, you'll see things through the eyes of Christ. I'm Al Romano, your host for Sacred Soundings on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AMA 20. Join us Wednesdays at noon and Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. for more sacred soundings, music to deepen your faith beyond measure.